We have the call, the call to go and follow God is the theme for all of our readings this weekend as we hear the call of Samuel, who will become one of the great judges over the people of Israel. Then the call of the disciples, the first disciples, to go and follow Christ. We see this call comes in different ways, at different times, and yet this call always takes place. The call to follow Christ comes to each and every one of us, every human being throughout history, that these encounters are meant for all of us to hear the call of God to go and follow him. He has not and will not cease calling his people to follow him and remain in him always. And so uh, going through our gospel today, I'd like to point out a couple steps of that call, of, the, of how our Lord called in the gospel and how he still calls today. And we call this our journey of following Christ. We take a look at first John the Baptist, this kind of crazy guy dressed in camel's hair and eating some bugs, and yet some people follow him. This is a good thing. John, John the Baptist has disciples, and as he has gathered this group of people around him, he is helping prepare their hearts for the Messiah. He is helping them to read the scriptures, calling them to conversion, to turn away from sin. This was one of the great roles and jobs of the prophets, is to call the Israelites back from their sin most especially from their idolatry and from their selfishness. When there was a good judge in Israel, when there was a good king in Israel, there was peace. They were living by the laws of Moses. They were living and following the Ten Commandments. And yet when there was not that good judge, when people and kings served themselves instead of the people, then things went wrong. The Israelites turned to idolatry, they turned to sin, and the prophets continually had to call them back. The same is happening here for John the Baptist, gathering the, the Israelites, calling them to conversion, a baptism of repentance to turn away from sin. One of the things that John the Baptist was doing when he was working with his disciples is that they would read the scriptures they would go through and, and see what the prophecies were that pointed to the Messiah. So that when the Messiah arrived, when he appeared on scene, then they would be able to recognize him. They would be able to see that, oh, that's him. And so John the Baptist then one day, as he's uh, going about and doing his thing with his disciples, baptizing in the River Jordan, looks up, points and says, Behold the Lamb of God. He pointed out to uh, his disciples, especially Andrew and the other disciple, which many Bible scholars argue is John the Evangelist. They turn and follow Christ. And so when the Andrew and this other disciple hear in the words of the gospel, heard what John the Baptist said, and followed Jesus. They heard what he said and followed Jesus. 
This, their hearts were prepared for when the Messiah arrived to go and leave John the Baptist, his, their friend, to go and follow the Messiah whom they had hoped. And so this brings us now to our second step, that when some, someone has to point out to us who the Messiah is, someone prepares us, and then someone points out to us, there is the Messiah, there is Christ. Sometimes we need a little help discerning where God is working, where God is present in our hearts and in our lives, especially at the beginning of our faith journey, just like uh, Samuel in our first reading today. And so when we have people guide us, walking with us in our Christian journey, pointing out and saying, there is Christ. That was not a coincidence of what was going on. That was God working in your life to bring you to this point, to look over there, to see clearly the presence of our Lord. And then it leads us, after that recognition of seeing that God is with us in our life, it leads us to our third step of following him, of walking after him just as the disciples did in the gospel. And so Andrew and John are walking behind Christ, stalking him in a way, and it leads to an encounter, it leads to a conversation where Jesus turns around and says to them, asking them, what are you looking for? What are you seeking? And one of the few times in the Gospels that the disciples return Jesus' question with another question. They ask, where are you staying? And they ask, where are you staying? Because they want to remain with Christ. They want to abide with him, remain with him, not just for the day, but for their life. They want to stay with Christ. And he says those beautiful words, come and follow me. And they did not just for the day, but for their life. As we see leading now to our final step of what we call discipleship, this, this abiding in Christ is so important for us. To not just believe in Christ, not just to follow Christ, but to believe and to follow Christ. Because some people, they follow him, but they don't believe in him. They follow him as if he was a good teacher, a great teacher even, but maybe not God of the universe. Some say that he's a cool dude or like some of the t-shirts that some of my classmates wore in high school that said, Jesus is my homeboy. No, <laughs> he is not. He is God of the universe. He is divine and calls us uh, to be his disciples. Not just to be a cool guy, but he is God himself who transforms everything. And then that leads us to not just follow him, but we have to believe in him. For many as well believe in him, but they don't follow the way of the gospel. They do not live the way of the gospel. They believe that Jesus is who he says he is, but it hasn't translated and some people haven't made the step yet to following him with all their lives. And so we have this combination um, to to follow Christ and to believe in him, which is what we see in Andrew and the other disciple, St. John.
So this is what we are called to do as Christians, to follow him and to believe in him. After this step, then it's bringing others to that encounter, bringing others to Christ, just as Andrew did of going to get his brother, Peter, and bringing him to Christ, fostering that encounter too, saying, we have found the Messiah, come and see. And so all these steps are what we call discipleship, the way of following Christ and believing in him. Fulfilling Christ's command to go and make disciples of all nations. And then later on in the Gospel of St. Mark, Jesus says these beautiful words. Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Go home to your friends. Powerful words, beautiful words. Because Jesus is explaining to us how important it is to share our experience, to share our, our encounter with the Lord and bring others to him. To tell him what he has done for us and how he has loved us so much. And to give some uh, examples of this today, this encounter to then go home to our friends. Uh, over the last uh, beginning of January, I had the opportunity to go to a conference in St. Louis with uh, about 50 of our Catholic college students at Ball State University in our Newman Center. Uh, there was uh, over 20,000 other young people, over 600 priests that were in attendance at this conference because people were seeking the Lord. The conference was called Seek. And this was a gathering of students and people from all over the country to encounter Christ, to, to, to believe in him, to be strengthened in their faith. And at this conference, we were not meant just to stay there, but to, to come home. And after that encounter, and I'll share uh, one story from, from, from my perspective, um, is that we were meant to come home and, and to our friends and tell them what we had experienced, who we had met. And uh, it is just such a great grace to be a priest, and especially at this conference, when uh, in one evening, in about an hour and 45 minutes, with all the priests that were gathered there, we were able to hear about 4,000 confessions in just one evening. And then we had daily mass every day seeing uh, this, this group of people coming to encounter the Lord. And one of the other more, most moving things for me during this conference was the, one of the songs that said, and that we sang over and over again at a, at a mass, as Lord, this is the generation that longs to see your face. In a arena of 20,000 people and hundreds of priests, cardinals and bishops, that this is a generation that longs to see your face. And I share this story and these stories today uh, because of um, this encounter, the encounter with God, encounter with Christ that is meant not just to stay in St. Louis, but to come home. And the encounters that each of you have had as well are meant not just to stay in your heart, but to be shared, to go home to your friends and those that you know those that you love, and to share your experience with Christ.
I know it's scary. It can be frightening. Wondering, are they going to kick me out of the family? Are they going to kick me out of the house? What are they going to do? How are they going to respond? The unknown is a fear. But Christ promises us he will give us the words to say. He is calling us to go home to our friends, to share who God has been for us, who God is for us, and who he will be for us as well. And I share the, the story of the conference as well because there, there is hope for our church. There are people seeking the face of Christ, and they are here in town. You are here in town as well, and our town needs Christ. Who is going to share it but you? You have friends that I don't have. <laughs> you know people that I don't. And this is the call of the gospel today, to go home to our friends, those that we know and share our story. Just share a little bit, you know, just share maybe one moment when God has worked in your life and let God do the rest. That we have faith in him today, trust in his power, trust in his words, that we may go home to our friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for us and how he has had mercy on you, on those in your family and those that you love. May we share our encounter with Christ this week.